0: All right, we're back here with Eduardo for uh, what's what's crazy in the world with COVID this week, I guess is with the theme of this podcast. And so we're going to talk <laughs> yeah. about we're going to talk about how how bad a widely cited study could be. And I guess this is a little late news right now because there's this this Bangladesh study, as it's been called, that apparently affirmed what we already knew was one of the headlines. And it's pretty amazing. because yeah. I didn't know we knew this, but apparently it affirmed that that masks work, despite despite the countless failed predictions of what we would expect if they did work, apparently this study affirmed what only idiots like us didn't know Eduardo so yeah. <laughs> we're gonna look, we're gonna look into this uh, and 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 see if uh, see if the data actually um, corresponds to the sensational headline. so yeah how's that sound
1: it's I think it's good so uh, let me just introduce this study um, I think um, I mean most people you know, don't really look behind the, the headlines, past the headlines. So they don't really get into the, the article. So let alone the source of where the news article is written. And so I have this bad habit of when I, you know, of when I read some news article with some huge claim like this one, then I try to go directly to the source and you know, like make some investigation, try to make up my mind on my own whether that's the correct uh, um bottom line, the correct takeaway point from a, from a study. And I was so disappointed when I read this study because I couldn't believe how. Bad, it was like from mm-hmm. every imaginable point of view, and um, so uh, this we are a w- little bit late, I guess. Uh, as you mentioned, this is, was uh, out already uh, in the first week of September. I think in the first week of September they were quoting it as i um, I don't know, it's it's a it's a working paper. So actually, I don't know exactly what this. Uh, it's like I, think a, it, N- I think it was a preprint when I first saw it. It was. It's an NBER working paper series. Mm-hmm. And I think it was like this, like since the beginning, but I'm not sure. I mean, i I don't know what's the status. I mean, one thing I want to um, I mean, I, I learned maybe during during this uh, pandemic is that a preprints or peer-reviewed article doesn't really matter that much at this point because we got so much low quality science being published mm-hmm. uh, in peer-reviewed journal. and on the other hand, there was so many there were so many interesting results. Uh, been put forward in, in preprints and maybe didn't pass it, you know, the peer review process for whatever reason. I might say ideological, maybe, whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, see, there's many observational studies. There were many um, um, predictions also made on COVID on, you know, like seasonality or uh, other kinds of uh, aspects of the pandemic. So were are not, um, again, they didn't make it past the uh, uh, peer review process despite the fact that, you know, there's so much evidence right now for this uh, to be true. So in specific, like, uh, if I can mention just the way I um, stumbled upon this study, um, Mm -hmm. a Nature newsletter subscriber, um, I don't know if it's just you know like some wishful thinking, and I'm just hoping for Nature to <laughs> send me some interesting news. So they, which sometimes they just nowadays they do, but uh, mm-hmm. all the. I mean, these, I mean, uh, look,
0: Nature still publishes decent stuff. It's just they're also, <laughs> I mean, I'll be frank, they're also just willing to publish the propaganda as well,
1: right? Ah, yeah, sure, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, that that's for sure. There's, you know, there's many fields of science that are politically controversial, so to say, and. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that most of the uh, journals picked up a side, and and COVID is like a blatant example of this taking place. Because right. if you just look at the science, you look at the numbers, you look at the hard evidence and the data, and all you know the, the kind of tests that you should do, like you know, that to some, um, somatical to be published as a peer reviewed article, then this study, I mean, at least didn't didn't make it through, wouldn't make it through them. So right. I don't know if you want to go. Um, yeah, again, I, so-
0: <laughs> yeah, I want to dive into your analysis. I, I do want to just make a few general remarks because, you know, Eduardo, you're you're trained in the sciences. Uh, so you have the, the technical ability to kind of dive into the weeds and and you've got, you know, backgrounds in math and statistics and probability. So you can you can do the deep dive. Uh, but there's a lot of people who, you know, are listening to this podcast, a lot of people who are intelligent in general, but they don't have the technical expertise. So I've been trying to think a lot about ways that we can uh, i don't know empower is a cheesy word but like help help the common person out right <laughs> right to, to to sniff the bs uh, like we, we, you see what i'm saying like there's there, there are some i think common red flags and indicators uh and in fact these have been noted in other studies of when you should be when you're warranted in being skeptical of certain research findings and stuff like that And i think if people are just aware of these it could be helpful because a lot of times you know they'll they're, they're 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 warranted in their skepticism, right? And they think like something just seems really funny about this. You know, I don't have, and maybe they even do have the skills. They just don't have the time. Right? They just don't have the time to go into this stuff. And somebody just throws a study at them and say, "Hey, look, you're you're wrong. We'll get look, this is this study put out, you're wrong, right?" Um. So I don't know. Maybe you could speak a little bit about that. But to me, a couple red flags to keep in mind are. Is a subject highly politicized? Right. That's 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 one thing to keep in mind. It doesn't mean that you don't get any good research in a subject that's highly politicized, but it's at least it's at least a, a warning sign, right? Are there other perverse yeah. incentives, incentives of funding, uh, social pressures, stigmatization, stuff like that? Um, and I, I don't know what else. What else would you want, just the general person to keep in mind, of when you think a, a sort of broad skepticism. I don't want to be completely cynical because then you can't get a, around in the world. But at least a warranted skepticism
1: for the common when, person. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think when a study makes the headlines, then you should really, you should, you know, it's it's red flag as you, may, as, you may. <laughs> as I mean, as, as by soon the way, as CNN way, promoting it, right? Yeah. By the way, <laughs> I mean, if, if I can, if I can mention something, I, like uh, there was some kind of joke that um, people used to make, uh, at least in the astronomy departments when I when I w- was around. Um, I uh, remember it was pretty pretty much often people would say, oh, just because a study is published on, na- on nature, it doesn't mean it's wrong. So basically, I mean, like scientists, at least practicing the, um, uh, practicing scientists in the astronomy departments, they sort of know that, you know, <laughs> most of the, at least a, um, a sizable chunk of the pub research published on nature, isn't that, um, yeah, it's not so reliable. I mean, it's, uh, and this is this is a joke but i heard it like in, in so many places I, basically everywhere i've been i've been around and it's, it's a joke that's wrapped around around an essential that's truth, that, right? exactly exactly so mm-hmm. there's there's something to and that i mean again i'm talking about astronomy which is um i wouldn't name it like is a uh, controversial field study in the sense it's not politicized mm-hmm. that's not so i mean we, we didn't get to the uh, to that point yet, but uh, <laughs> I, I'm confident. It might be it. coming, yeah. <laughs> it might be coming, <laughs> right. it might be coming. Anyway, anyway, so <laughs> by the way, so uh, the, the thing is, that I started with Nature, and so um, I, I'm subscribing, I'm a subscriber to Nature newsletter. And I remember still, I, I got this email, um, and they were uh, like, the headline of the email was, Low. now we finally got a randomized controlled trial study showing that masks work. Like, we, we all knew this, but we really needed a randomized controlled trial study on masks and so first of all you will wonder why um no one ever did a randomized control trial on masks in in two years well within the pandemic at least to sort out you know if some masks work if there is some kind of setting where they do work better than other settings and where it's most useful but no there's no such thing i mean there was actually there was one but it's not it hasn't been uh cited because it showed that um masks are at, at best don't do anything, and was right. the Danish That's a, that's a den- uh, the Denmark study, right. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. And that was a randomized controlled trial study. They mm-hmm. uh, showed that they didn't protect the uh, mask wearer in the sense that you could show that uh, people, groups of people with masks uh, got infection at comparable rates um, with people, with groups of people not wearing the masks. So if right. we, the the study was like they had three thousand people wearing the mask for uh, I don't I don't remember for, for for a number of weeks, same number of people not wearing the mask, um, same habits like um, working uh, outside of home and taking you know public transportation. They were pretty careful in in choosing like groups of people with with, with similar habits and. Um, and so, and there, in that study, they found that basically, I remember, out of 3,000, uh, they got like 42 infections in the uh, masked group, and they had 52 in the unmasked group, mm-hmm. which is 10. I mean, but then if you compute the p-value, which is uh, basically the significance, how you know how can, how much of this uh, res- result can arise from a statistical fluctuation in the sample. Mm-hmm. It basically says it's very consistent with a random sort of fluctuation. Well, the p-value was around um, 0.3, I guess. Mm-hmm. So the uh, the p-value should be smaller than 0.5. Um, sorry, uh, 0.05. Uh, so it should, you you should aim for very small p-values to claim significance. Ah uh, statistical significance of your results mm-hmm.
0: yeah otherwise so this, you have sorry, to say this. there's not there's not a meaningful difference here right
1: No because you could say you know if you just sample uh, random groups of people and you might have just ra- random fluctuations that occur naturally mm-hmm. and that, that that's why you want to have large samples you want to minimize like the influence of of uh, small fluctuations on the, on the sample and again that's uh Something you, you you need to keep in mind when you when you do the uh, the studies. So right. back to the COVID Bangladesh study, and um, so just to go, I, I think it's useful to to have a baseline here with the, with this Denmark study because they study. They, 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 I mean, the Denmark study was um, performed on on groups of three thousand people, around three thousand something, four thousand. Mm-hmm. Now this is 300,000 um, 300, uh, and more. It's three hundred forty-one thousand people. Right. So there were many, many, many more people involved. And so that's one way that you could say this study is better because you got more statistical power. Um, Again, one thing is that the study took place in Bangladesh. So I don't know how it's not about being racist or anything, but it's just the the nature of things, right? Maybe um, data collection in Bangladesh is for language barriers, for any kind of, um, you know, like the difficulty of of tracking people, you know, there's probably, I I assume, there's a very low level of. you know, tracking uh, people right. with smartphones and stuff, and so that there might be, you know, like um, problems in, in in doing measures correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, and the nice thing, I mean, the nice thing about this study uh, <laughs> is that it's uh, it makes it so obvious that when people claim something about COVID, it, it like in, in in the sense that masks work, vaccines work, um, and and lots of other interventions work. Um, then you actually go to the study and it doesn't say that at all i mean they claim it's not even the close authors, right? the authors say themselves or them, themselves they they're pretty much confident in the results but if you look at the numbers at what they say and the way they're being propagated like they've been sold to the public it just it's crazy i mean i i would never believe i would witness something like this in my life but it's a uh,
0: and it, like, it really, it really is grade A sophistry a lot of times because uh, I mean, there's there's a number of tricks they'll do. One, they'll they'll use like re, like rele, you know certain ratios. So, oh, look, a fifty percent uh, reduction, but not telling yeah. you the absolute percent, right? <laughs> it's like, well, look, I mean, a whole bunch, a point, a whole bunch of zeros, at one. Uh, compared to 0.1 less zero uh, two yep. is a 50 percent improvement right but like the proper response to that is well whoop-de-doo who gives a damn right
1: <laughs> which is by the way this is this is the, the exact i mean the, the, the this this thing that it, it's exactly the same um line mm-hmm. of reasoning that you find when people criticize the uh um studies on um on the side effects of the vaccines because they say well you know it's it's Again, it's true. I mean, it's it's a small numbers. It's like, for example, the uh, CDC study that was that I think it was retracted, and at some point there was it was so some study was mentioned by the CDC mm-hmm. even um, about uh, myocarditis, and I, I think they showed that uh, you know, like in, in certain age brackets, they had an incidence of 160 cases per million instead of the uh, the baseline would be like 12. Yeah. Then you do the math, and it's like tenfold increase in in risk. I mean, the risk absolute risk is still like small very angry, very very like. low right mm-hmm. it's it's low it's like 100 per million it's not mm-hmm. like something that you take it and you die it's it's a like a, it's a low probability but it's a much increased one so again and, and that's that, that's the thing that when people want to defend the vaccines they say oh well but the absolute risk like is, it's still very small there's a huge increase it's like a tenfold increase but uh, you know the absolute number is still very small so anyway uh, i don't want to go into that but it, it, that's right. but know, but, what, but it, that's an important yeah, it's an important thing to keep
0: that in mind, right? But like be willing to look at the absolute risks and the absolute numbers. Don't just take any of these tenfold increases or t- you know fifty percent reductions. Don't take those on face value. Is kind of what we're saying, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So it's, continue. Uh, let's let's dive into this now. Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: So uh, before we go into the study, I mean, I think um, the interesting part would be like to go through the headlines. So to actually read some headlines and you beautiful make like, mm-hmm. people. Um, It's like the nature headlines and say um, face masks for COVID passed the largest test yet. This was nature. Mm -hmm. So, a rigorous study finds that surgical masks are highly protective, but cloth masks fall short. Okay, this is. um, uh, Okay, so this is uh, Washington Post. Um, We conducted the largest study on masks and COVID 19. They work. <laughs> I've got one from Netscape. Large study affirms what we know. Mass work to prevent. <laughs> yes. NBC News. I mean, that's that, then you believe. I mean, this study must be something really good, right? It, it, mm-hmm. It's not like the random guys on the internet can just take it down with uh, with a half an hour podcast, but uh, I think. <laughs> but here we go. <laughs> here challenge we go. accepted. I mean, <laughs> challenge accepted. So, anyway, so largest study. This is um, NBC News. Largest study of masks yet. Details their importance in fighting COVID 19. Um, all right, so that's just, just so many life science huge cold standard study shows unequivocally um that surgical masks work to reduce coronavirus spreads
0: unequivocally all right Unequivocally. So yeah so it's
1: that's i mean you just read these things all over the place like this is when you read this is when you read the data so again, let's go um first of all, what's interesting about this study uh, is that you go if you go to the abstract. And um, you just read through the apps and you see, you know, the, the, the techniques, the, the way they do that. Um, and um, you don't actually see um, a clear statement of the results, right? So when you see uh, the results, you would expect like a clear number that's expl- it's, it's, uh, it's telling you What's the reduction in uh, in COVID cases? Right. right. Yeah. Cur- yeah. Curiously absent in the abstract. Right. Mm-hmm. It's uh, there's you know there were 64,937 households blah 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 and there's an this intervention group called control group, and they measure a number of uh, so these are these are the actually what, what's happening in the control group and the intervention group. So the the um, the control group had 13 uh, percent of mask wearing and um they had uh, periodic monitoring by mask promoters so there were people reminding them to uh, wear masks
0: yeah so this came they, with e- education as well that's an important aspect i guess of this study yes right?
1: mm-hmm. yes and um they had a tripling of mask usage so they had a 29 um percent point increase uh, as a median, like and because so it's a forty-two percent median. Then you know they have some confidence level. Mm-hmm. They said, okay, so this is this is the most uh, interesting part because I have no idea how they measured this. But they said physical distance thing measured as a fraction of individuals at least one arm's length apart um, also increased by five point two percentage point. Mm-hmm. And this was, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I think I know how they measured it. Because at some point, they claim that they're, they're doing all these uh, measurements like by eye. They were basically counting people. So, anyway, for for what is you know like you wouldn't say oh you know we put some people in some random corners in some random village in Bangladesh just counting how many <laughs> other people were in social. I I wouldn't say that's a very uh, scientific and very strict way of conducting a study. I know it's a, it's a very hard study to to conduct right, but the, the proper way to do this then would be to put some kind of uh, chips on everyone and and just. Then I would probably trust it, but if you if you tell me that that's the way you do it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, for right example, oh, so this is okay. Um, mask wearing was assessed through direct observation in public locations, including mosques, markets, the main entrance, roads to villages, and tea stalls. Mm-hmm. Okay. Surveillance <laughs> staff noted whether residents were wearing any masks or face covering Um and then they they wear, whether they wear the mask that they just distributed for the project, so they, they could recognize that before because of the of the color that they they had they gave to you know the, like some differently color masks mm-hmm. for the for this project and it whether it was uh, worn over both the mouth and nose. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I mean this this is the first <laughs> first thing I, I would mention. So they they say this again, <laughs> mask wearing was assessed through direct observation in public locations. Right. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's take this. Okay, it's maybe maybe it's a, you know it can be a proper way of of contacting. It's <laughs>
0: just study. yeah. I mean, like on its face, it seems pretty silly, right? Yeah, on its
1: face, it's <laughs> I don't know. That's that's the first thing. I mean, then they they, they go a long way of describing the, the materials they uh, they had. You know, like they distributed, and uh, you know they had a uh, village. Then they say the, the way they they had. Um, Incentives—they gave incentives to people to wear masks. So they had some—some some of the uh, villages, they had um, they were, some of the people that were, were receiving a week, twice weekly test message reminders about the importance of mask wearing. Mm-hmm. Um, then they had uh, monetary incentives as well. So. So that, that's the thing. I mean, they, they announced that monetary reward of the certificate would be awarded if the village level mass squaring among all those exceeded 75%, mm-hmm. eight weeks after the intervention started. OK. Uh, so they had all these kind of incentives. Now, I, I don't want to go. I, I, I'm just scrolling through the paper to find the, the interesting part, because that's the uh, that's the interesting, I mean, the, the, the results when they finally go there. Um, That's a a very interesting part. So, Mm -hmm. um, first thing... Okay. Um, They don't mention how they they measure the physical distancing because one of the claims they were uh, um, looking at is that, contrary to concerns that mask wearing would promote risk compensation, we find that our intervention increases distancing behavior. Mm-hmm. um so uh, evidently protective behaviors like mask wearing and social distancing are complements rather than substitutes so again then while we find increases in physical distancing of 5.2 percentage points across all locations there was substantial heterogeneity so in markets individuals become substantially more likely to physically distance 7.4 percentage point in mosques we observed no change so group prayer rituals are completely inelastic now again, like a seven point four uh, percentage point uh, change in uh, physical distancing, is uh, are, can, can we say really is this relevant? Like in, in terms of, of you know, it's like if seven percent of the people are more likely to be physical distance in uh, in the whole population, can we really say that it's a, it bears such huge um, um, impact on the results?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's the first thing. I mean, and then it's a confounding factor, first of all, because they are claiming again they are basically they are having two uh, measures at the same time. Yeah. So in mm-hmm. the end, and they have no way to disentangle this. Right, which
0: is going to give us a red flag, maybe related to Simpson's paradox at some point, right?
1: Maybe yes. Um, anyway, I think the again the other interesting part is uh, okay. So these are the randomization part, the mask promotion. Uh, you know subgroup analysis. Cause uh, they have a lot of okay. So discussion. Let's go to the discussion part. I just want to go to this. Oh, they are. They are not even in 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 this. They are like in the supplementary material part. Let me let me check.
0: Yeah, it's it's uh, a lengthy one, folks. If you haven't scrolled through this yet. Yeah, but, sorry, um, sorry. Um. Okay, I've, so. I, and yeah, once you once you're done with yours, I want to highlight some of the points that uh Briggs made from from his analysis. As
1: oh well. please do it. Please do it so I can look for the uh, Okay, resources. yeah. All right. So so let me Briggs has a
0: really good uh Matt Briggs, he's a medical statistician, he's been on the show before. He's got a really good analysis of this on over at his website. I'll link it here. So I'll read a few things and uh Eduardo, if you want to comment on any of this, uh please do as you as you find your yeah. part, right? So um He's got four red flags first. Um, they're probably worth pointing out at least briefly, right? So Briggs says the first red flag is this, right? They summed across villages with the real possibility of Simpsons paradox. So we just talked about that. Maybe we can describe what that is in a minute. If not, people can just look it up. Uh, red flag two is they collected data only on some symptomatic individuals, but not all individuals. Since many symptomatic did not have COVID, as you will see, quote, symptoms were badly defined, even though the definitions were from the WHO. Just what were the they, the symptoms symptoms of? Why well, report on symptom differences when only a fraction of those um, with symptoms had COVID? Reducing symptoms is therefore meaningless. So we already see just some, some procedural issues here. Red flag three, he says they collected blood on uh, only 3% of the population. Now, Briggs says this isn't necessarily a red flag because the sample size could be sufficient, but if they grabbed all, quote, symptomatic people, then at worst, only 3% of the population developed symptoms, which is small, meaning COVID did not spread much because only a fraction of that 3% had COVID at the time of testing. They didn't test for antibodies, so people infected previously were missed. Red flag- four, and then I'll let you chime in here, Eduardo. They don't present the raw numbers, only the, quote, adjusted numbers, meaning some model was used. This is odd because they do show the raw numbers for other outcomes like mass compliance rates, obviously higher in those who were reminded to wear them. He says, pay attention now. The adjusted rates in those with symptoms only were this. Control prevalence equals 0.76% and treatment prevalence equals 0.68%. Thus, At best, and only for people with symptoms, free masks and mass education reduced prevalence by 0.76 to 0.68. That's 0.08 percent, real percent, not relative percent. So the reduction at best and assuming no Simpsons paradox and assuming nothing screwy with the strange symptoms definition and sampling and assuming nothing screwy with the adjusting model, which are huge assumptions, was only 0.8. Zero eight percent. That is zero point zero eight percent, and only in those with symptoms. Important, uh, and then I'll I'll take a break here. It appears from the text that they grabbed all people with symptoms. We collected capillary blood samples from participants who reported COVID nineteen like symptoms during the study period. This is three point two percent of the population. So that means that the population reduction in masks, given that all the other caveats hold, is. Um, 0.0026% at best. So masks reduce prevalence, which is the spread within a population, by 0.0026% at best. And assuming zero has gone wrong in all the experimenting and modeling steps and assuming the only cause active was masks, right? Forget the physical distancing increase, and that no other behavior changed in the mask group. Now that's Briggs analysis and people can um, look at that for themselves, but you know, Briggs is a pretty thorough guy. He's a smart guy. And then you can ask yourself whether you think that's a meaningful difference and if it at all... Merits the sorts of confidence and headlines that we saw in the media. So, yeah, Eduardo, give give us your comments on that, and then whatever else you wanted to. That's add. That's
1: exactly. I mean, that's. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm still struggling to find the results in the paper. I'm sorry. Let's uh, forget. Okay. Yep. Uh, those, those are the numbers that I wanted to mention. It's like, if you, if if you know, if if the headlines were uh, wearing the, like, um, uh, increasing by threefold the usage of masks in a in a uh, in in a, in a village. Reduces the seroprevalence from uh, what was that like seven point six to 68 uh, percent, uh, 6. like a zero point eight uh, total percent. What so the fr- number? free
0: mass and mass education reduce prevalence by point seven six to point six eight. So that's point zero eight percent,
1: right? Real percent, not relative. Exactly. So, yeah. but by you know, like uh, with a triple usage, you're basically um, moving the. Um, you know that the, the, uh, you have a threefold increase in mask usage and you have you know like a 0.8% result or something right, right? and then the, the like total 0.76% popul- <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> right and then the total exactly. population reduction of mass um yeah. given that that all the other caveats hold again is at best 0.0026% yeah percent.
1: Uh, oh say, there you go here here is, right. is the, the numbers I found them so yeah sorry um, I mean again it's uh, I think it's very like people wouldn't buy this like if you if you put on on, uh, on the headline the actual numbers right if you said um, in the comparison village like uh, okay so the the, the the control tire the, the control um, branch of this uh, randomized experiment uh, had a 0.676 uh, um, percent. Um, infections and of course I mean we don't even know what was the starting point like of, this, uh, of these groups I mean as, as Briggs said but as other commentators noticed, like we, they, we don't really know if there was a small dis- I mean it's very it, I don't know I, I would say like uh, out of the top of my head is that it's very likely that you, you take two groups and you might have fluctuations within the, or the order of uh, you know one percent in the um, rate of infected people even though And and this might account for the difference in the end, right? right? Mm -hmm. And so again, this this is what you mentioned uh, at first. Like if you look at the row numbers, it's like uh, it goes down from 0.76 to 0.67%. And in absolute numbers, it's like I mean, like if you ask anyone to the layman, it would say this is nothing, right? This is nothing, (laughs) but but it's even worse than that.
0: Now, why is it worse than that? Because if we're talking about, we have this rhetoric about masks save lives, right? Well, if we're talking about saving lives, we have to go further because seroprevalence is not, of course, the measure of disease severity. So we have to factor in that it's really only a fraction of those who actually get COVID become seriously ill. And Bridge has this too. So, you know, um, take your at-best 0.0026% 0.0026% are protected um, against the illness, um, but only 1% on average uh, across all ages become seriously ill or die. That means the actual protection of the mass against serious illness is 0.000026%. Right? Yeah. <laughs> they do nothing. <laughs> they do nothing, according to this study. That's what the headline
1: should have been. The headline should have been. I mean, been, the, 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 the other, the other issue, nothing, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly, the masks do nothing. I mean, we, we cannot, at least, this study says that masks do nothing. Uh, but there's another interesting part um, on, on the study. Like, uh, if you, they also do the measure of, um, you know, like they, they do that by dividing in H brackets the uh, the population. And there's something fishy going on here because you would expect that if every, I mean, if the masks do reduce the um, spread of the virus, then it should be like age-blind because, you know, like if I wear a mask, it, why should it matter if I'm 40 years old or 60?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, it's very odd there would be any kind of bias here, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's very curious, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's very curious because you would expect if it's just a, the effect of the mask and I'm talking about just getting the virus and the virus spreads evenly among the population um, and the mask works evenly, I mean, it wouldn't. it's, it's very hard to make a case for the, a mask working better for a 60 years old person than for a 50 years old person. I don't see why that should be the case. I mean, that's <laughs> that would be something unexpected. Maybe it can be some, you know, kind of um, st- it, it's something relevant on its own. Uh, but what they claim here, and so what they find in the study is that for 60-plus years old people, the decrease is uh, goes from 1.03% in the control group to 0.69%. So there's a relative decrease of 34%. Right? So they claim, oh, if you look at the at best in, in 60 years old uh, age, we can decrease the seroprevalence by 34%. So the, the infection rates basically by 34%, which is weird because then if, if they look, for example, at the 40, 50 year, uh, years old group, then the, um, the difference is like 0.94 uh, for the, for the masked group, whereas it's 0.95% in the unmasked group. Mm-hmm. Which is, ba- there's no statistical significant decrease. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then you should ask yourself, why is this happening? I mean, I would suspect there is some basic flow with the, with the experiment. I mean, it's it's pretty clear because you're finding an age-dependent uh, efficacy of, of the masks. Which, which is, is utterly bizarre, right? <laughs> it's very bizarre. So <laughs> at least you should question. I mean, the way these incentives were distributed, for mm-hmm. example... I don't know for exact um, I, I again I, I don't know exactly but uh, that there might be some way that you know that affected more older people than you know more than the uh, younger people I don't know that's uh, that's something I'm just uh, throwing a hypothesis there but uh, there's a bunch of things that you should definitely look into when, when you find this kind of result right you see that there's the eff- uh, effectiveness of masks uh, in uh, reducing the spread is age dependent mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. so it
1: depends on who is wearing the mask. You can say that people are over 60 are more cautious in wearing them. I mean, I don't know. That's a, that, that's a, I would say it's a weird result uh, to say the least. Right. I wouldn't mm-hmm. trust the, the rest of the, you know, there's, that there's something fishy going on here. There must be at least some confounding factor.
0: Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another red flag, so to speak. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh yeah. But um, again, let me, I, I think the, the, the bottom line is that uh, again, <laughs> if you, if you read the headlines of this study, and you just look at the numbers. It's the opposite I, of the headlines. It's the, the opposite. It's mm-hmm. it's the complete opposite. And you know, it's the numbers. I mean it's the researchers themselves, they're not hiding, they're not making the numbers up. Right. They're making their claims based on the numbers they're showing. Right, yeah. And this is this happens all the time. Hold on, I guess. Sneeze. Oh. <laughs> oh,
0: <no. laughs> Among like science popularizers and stuff like that, but I mean the scientists too, right? Sometimes people just blame the journalists, but it's not—it's not always just the journalists. I mean, oftentimes, it is the scientists who give just really poor, uh, misleading, if not outright false. Uh, interpretations yep. of their actual research, right? And then, and then, other times it is the journalists and the media itself. But it's not always a journalist and the media. Often, many times it is the scientists themselves who do this, um, sure, for various perverse reasons. And another thing I want to uh, come back to again is if a particular, you know, if we have a hypothesis, we know, like if masks really work, if they're as effective as as we're told they are, so much that we have to wear this diaper on our face nonstop. I know, that's, yeah. I know that's rhetorical. Let me say again, like, if, if I thought mass actually worked, I would willingly bear that annoying burden if, they, if it really made a meaningful difference. But it doesn't. So that's why I'm going to call it a diaper, uh, a face diaper, right? But, you know, we have these models that are telling us that, that they work and they save lives. Then why aren't we seeing these differences noticeably in the real world? And, in fact, there are other studies out there that didn't get attention. Briggs yeah. highlights, too, here – one was in Georgia uh, on 90,000 elementary students in 169 schools in Georgia from no- November 16th to December 11th and found there was no statistically significant difference in schools that required students to wear masks and schools that didn't. Right. That is exactly what we would expect if we think that masks don't make a difference. That is not at all what we would expect if we thought masks do make a difference. Right that is strong yep. evidence in favor of mass don't do shit hypothesis right and, exactly. and and you have you have this all over right just just all all the data like you can compare county by county in some states in the united states like yep. you can like you're never going to get complete perfect counterfactuals obviously for this, but you can get relatively very similar regions and just see that they just make again and again, no meaningful difference. You also have uh, a study on mass mandates on hospital resource consumption and mortality at the County level. The quick conclusion of this study was that there was no reduction in per population, daily mortality, hospital bed, ICU bed, or ventilator yeah. occupancy of covid-19 positive patients attributable to the implementation of mask wearing mandates again they don't do shit they don't do anything right and the, and the bangladesh study shows that bangladesh <laughs> shows study that actually, exactly. the bangladesh study actually confirms these other studies
1: right if the you read past the headlines <laughs> if you read what the what the article actually contains if you actually read the article then that's all that's the studies the are in line I mean, they're actually all in line right <laughs> they're all in line of course it's consistent. but i mean that's that's the uh, again let me re- wrap up with this study that was published in um, in may 2020 it's it's a, the um, it's something i would say it's it's a well known fact in in medical science that it's uh, masks don't work um, because there was this review um, on new pharma- non pharmaceutical measures for pandemic influence and non healthcare settings and it uh, I, th- I remember when, it, when when this review went out it was uh, fairly criticised but uh, it was just showing that all the previous studies uh, that were done on the subjects, all the randomised con- uh, control studies on mask wearing in non-healthcare settings, so of course if, you, you know, if you're if you a trained um, physician in, working in a hospital using proper mask and, and all these things, then it might make a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not talking about that case here. We're talking about the real world because it's uh, there's there's an abyss ab- between what happens in controlled healthcare settings and what happens outside. But what they did in this meta review was gathering all the evidence for you know for masks and uh, disinfection, um, you know all these these kind of things that, that were applied. And none of them made any difference up to fifth of May, twenty twenty. But there's just so much evidence on... Uh, any, you know, like all the pre-COVID literature was basically, was mostly, you know, um, univocal on the subject, the fact that no one ever found a difference on, on this. Uh, I mean, you could say it's, it's another disease, it's another virus. It's been carried differently. Might be again, but this is, again, it, it's not that we're saying anything uh new about right. this. The
0: The real research <laughs> that needs to be done now is how... How did we get into this into this mess? And this is sociological and psychological research. How did this much corruption happen? How did this much nonsense happen? And how do we make sure that this never happens again or stops? That's yeah. the research that needs to be done because the mass thing is dead. It's done, right? We we know it doesn't yeah. make a difference. But why why is this is this still happening? I don't know. We can't answer that question now because I I have another stream I got to hop on. But whatever, way. I, I, <laughs> any any final thoughts before we wrap this one
1: up? so don't believe the headlines and uh, I mean if you have the time and patience to go through then it would you're in for nice surprises especially when COVID, you know anything related to COVID. It, it's I learned the lesson the hard way but um just don't trust even the experts it's like they don't don't Mistake credentials for credibility. I don't know where I read this phrase, but it's a, it's very, you know, it can be a very, you know, with, with lots of credentials, but it can still be unac- wildly inaccurate what these people are claiming. And that's, that's blatant. I mean, you just you look at the study for yourself. You, you Google the headlines, you know, what kind of conclusions were pushed to the public based on this study. And it, I think it's a very good... Um, This is a very good example of of bad COVID science, of of very terrible, not even bad science. I mean, well, like scientifically it's poor, but there are sort of, the numbers are those and anyone can make his own mind about what the numbers are. Yeah. But again, (laughs) thanks a
0: lot for... uh, Yeah, spot on. This will be fun. This will be an ongoing
1: series. So stay tuned for the
0: next one. Uh, Gentle listener, and we'll catch you next time. Peace.